My next guest saved my life through comedy. I'll tell you, before I met her, if anybody put a gun to my head and said, Atlee, tell me the significance in less than a minute, August 18, 1920. I got no idea, people. I'd have to say, pull the trigger, get it over quick. After I met my guest, I could answer that question, but sure as hell not in under a minute. I'm not that good. My guest is, she can do it. She can do it. And she is bright, young, energetic, and she knows stuff. That's my kind of comedian. It's right up my alley. All except the young part. Because I tell you, I got a I got a special place in my heart for the old gals. I will not discriminate against age. I don't believe in discrimination. When I started going to the comedy clubs, I kept running into this gal. We got we got to be a little friendly. She was running an open mic night uh, over in Asbury. I go, hey, she go, hey, Atlee. I'd say, put me on the list. And I'd go sit down. She's busy. I wasn't going to bother her. It's really hard to be a host because you got to do the introductions to all the comics. And if you're not familiar with their material, what do you say? It was just a matter of time before I got an intro. Sends me right over the moon. First time ever. Got a host. That says, I'm funny, and I can make you laugh. Please put your hands together and welcome the woman who gave me the voice, the vote, and the affirmation that Atlee Emmett is funny. Jess Salamo! Jess? Hey, what's up? Oh my God, it's you! <laughs> it's me! I might have to edit just to uh, thank you properly on, uh, you know, to be on the podcast because I sound so stupid. But uh, <laughs> Thank and- you for, for even thinking of me and asking me. It's really cool. I appreciate it. Well, you, you're welcome. I was very, very nervous to ask you. Oh, why? <laughs> Am I scary? I mean, don't answer that, actually. No, I will <laughs> answer. Uh, no, you're not, you're, you're not scary, Jess. Uh, but you're so impressive. Everybody knows you. That is not a great thing, let me tell you. <laughs> you have an incredible attack by the name of Miss Oprah Winfrey. I do, yes. Mm-hmm. There's another uh, Oprah out there. Did you know that, Jess? Um, I did know that, but I haven't let my cat know that yet. She, she thinks she's the only one. Oh, okay. So it's a very sensitive issue, but, okay. but, but for the sake so, of this conversation, I, I am aware of the other one. Okay. We don't own cats. They own us. Yeah. Yeah. I think they think that we're the pets and they're not entirely wrong. She actually heard you saying her name and now she jumped up here with me. So. Okay. Whenever a picture of Miss Oprah comes comes up my cat who is not my cat but miss ethel may (laughs) will jump on my kitchen table and she knows she don't belong there Mm -hmm. and she wants she wants to see what uh miss oprah is up to wow i'll tell i'll let her know that's pretty pretty cool uh ethel uh loves looking at uh other cats Mm -hmm. especially uh uh female cats Sounds like Ethel might be part of the LGBT community. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sure. Okay, cool. 
Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Miss Oprah had her first grooming session ever. How did she do? How did you prepare her for that? So I, I was a mess. I was so worried. I was freaking out because, you know, you think of them as your babies, you know? Um, of course. She was totally fine. I was such an asshole to worry about it. She had had the she had a great time. She didn't want to leave. I was offended. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Can, so I'm sorry. Uh, you can tell she's like feeling herself now. Like she feels pretty, and it's really cute. Oh. <laughs> so now she understands why us gals like to have a pampering day at the spa. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, it was yeah. like her spa day, and she loved it. And she's going to be going back now every couple of months. So <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Uh, there is nothing that can convince her to go to the groomers. <laughs> well, this place okay. I went to was pretty damn good. Um, but but yeah, I know some cats just will freak out. It's it's not their fault. They're just scared. Yes. Oprah's not allowed to have any more catnip. <laughs> oh, oh, did did she get in trouble? She, she has she's had several catnip incidents. The most recent one, it was kind of my fault because I bought her an actual cat catnip plant because she likes plants. Okay. So I got her a plant. And I left the room for five minutes. And when I came back, she, it was dirt everywhere. She spread it everywhere. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, no more drugs for Oprah. They're only for me from here on out. And I woke, I woke up in the morning to find this little baggie of catnip all over the place. Wow. Ethel sprawled in a very unladylike position. Oh, table. And I said, Ethel. And she just picked up her head and said, what, are you talking to me? <laughs> the rat- Mom, don't she- harsh my mellow. But she kept looking for more catnip. And I said, oh, mm-hmm. he's a fiend. So now she is allowed to have her catnip, mm-hmm. but in moderation. That, that, that sounds moderation. smart. Yeah, I, I, yes. sometimes I don't know how much. I, I worry about the catnip because. I mean, she's like, Oprah seems like she's having a great time when she's on it. But how do I really know? (laughs) Like, you ever eat like a weed brownie and you don't feel anything. So you eat another one and then you don't even know where you are and it's not even fun. That's that's what I. Yes. My Jewish brain, my neurotic Jewish brain always always goes there. Like, is she is she even having fun? Loki's and he likes his catnip to be careful because it gives him the fur balls. I also have uh, a pooch. Charlie oh, Brown. Wow. Yeah. You, oh, you mentioned he's really cute. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And so now that I can do whatever I want to do, I get a new baby. What was I thinking? You, I mean, you warned me you're crazy. So I think, you know, just kidding. <laughs> gotta be crazy. We, we're crazy with our two yes. pets. It's t- it's two pets too many sometimes, but they're so they're so wonderful too. Does where where you took Oprah, do they also do puppies? Because this will be Charlie Brown's uh, first experience with grooming. They're, yes, they do everything, and, and they're awesome. Um, they're called Paws and Anchor um, on Main Street in Bradley, okay. and I can't even like uh-huh. tell you how great of an experience it was. They were so understanding and so awesome. Perfect. I'm going to call them. My childhood so. dog was a cocker spaniel, so they're very, oh, really? very dear to my heart. Yeah, she was the best dog ever. Her name was Patty. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So I always I always think maybe so, one day I'll get another Cocker Spaniel. My grand puppy, Apollo, uh, is a pit bull. Cool. I'm more of a cat mm-hmm. person. I always had dogs growing up. My, my grandmother did not like cats, so we weren't allowed mm-hmm. to have cats. And I always wanted a cat. So, of course, first thing mm-hmm. I did, I got a I got mm-hmm. cat. I got one cat after another. 
as a crazy cat lady That's what before. Happens, you know, it's like it's like our our catnip is the actual cat. Can't get enough. I am partial to pit bulls too because there's just there's just too many of them that are amazing and and stuck in shelter. Apollo went to go live with his uh with his pops in Nevada for two months straight. I cried every night. Need to get a dog. Cats are very important to us, and if you have a pet, people, uh, they should be important to you because a pet is not a thing. I don't understand politics at all, and it's a shame because that is not an excuse. No, but but at least do you vote? Yes, I do. Well, then you do more than most people, <laughs> and that's really what matters. When it's time to vote, you know, do your research, and as long as people are voting, that's really that's the only way to, to sustain our democracy. So you're doing your part. After listening to you with your comedy, I realized that I had the right to vote. I was born with the right. Exactly. To you're going to be living in this country just like everyone else, paying taxes, and and you deserve a say. I do deserve a say, but you know what? It wasn't always that way for my gender. Oh, I I know it still still isn't sometimes. So. Yeah, and there's so many things that people could do that they don't realize. Um, like if you're really passionate about a candidate, but you can't afford to donate to them, you could just like make calls for them. And um, it sounds annoying to get those calls, but truthfully, they actually they actually affect the election. Um, door knocking, canvassing does does more than anything. Um, and it's just it's it's crazy, you know. Um, there's so much that we, that we can do and, and we don't realize, and even if we don't, we don't have the time or the resources to do those things, um, voting is now, you know, kind of easier than ever with the mail-in, which is, I think is great. And they say, don't talk, uh, politics and religion. And that's all you and I, uh, talk about. (laughs) You reached me in a way that so many, uh, incredible, incredible women have tried to do Mm -hmm. this time. It stuck. Wow. Now also be uh, voting awesome. at all elections. When you when you do things in your community, you can actually see a change that you helped create. Whereas sometimes it's just too much to picture. You feel helpless. I know I feel helpless thinking about um, big elections, but locally, you know, we can actually make a difference. We could show up to, you know, council meetings and say our word. We can get petitions. We can do a lot of stuff and there's a lot of a lot of really cool things that have happened just locally by just someone who had an idea and decided to get involved one day. I think it, even if you don't speak, if you if you're not comfortable speaking, just going to a council meeting is so empowering. At least for I mean, I know I'm a nerd, but it, it just feels super empowering because you're literally seeing the decisions that will affect you. They're getting made in that room in front of you. And that's really cool when you could see something happening that will, you know, have an effect on your town or your family. It, it's it's cool, you know, to, to be in the room. All right, local politicians of Beachwood, New Jersey. Look okay. out. Liam, it's coming. We've created a monster here and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's rough what? in Ocean County, too. You know what? It is 99.99% good. Like like every there's place, always that there's point. always yeah. there's always assholes, you know. Now with yes, the internet, yes, there it's are. a little overwhelming. Like I'm I'm not sure if people were meant to have so much information at once. <laughs> you only see the negative online a lot of times, which is a shame. People and only they- communicate when they disagree on something, and like unfortunately, and it's both sides. You know, the right right wing extremists, and also you know the left wing extremists too. We it, you know both sides are guilty of of shutting down a conversation. And really we need to 
start meeting in the middle because we we don't disagree on everything. You know, there's things that that we agree on. Now, what came first for you, comedy or the politics? Because you blend both so beautifully. I feel like I don't, but thank you. (laughs) But, um, well, I've always been politically involved. Um, Just, you know, I was going to, to protests when I was 14 in New York and I would always join Garden State Equality and local uh, LGBT protests and things like that. But um, then I, I was starting to get into comedy and I started meeting a lot more people in the community because of that. That was right around um, when the Charlottesville riot happened and um, Heather Heyer was, was killed by a car. Oh. Um, and and yes. during, during that time in Asbury Park, uh, different flyers started popping up um, for white supremacist groups groups to try to recruit like all over town so um i joined forces with this amazing reverend uh nicole um who grew up in asbury and she's just fantastic and we decided that we were going to um put together a rally called stand against hate um and that's honestly it was like a crash course in politics because uh especially in asbury there's a lot of a lot of resentment and anger between the east and west side and it was it was a a real crash course having um people people from both sides of the tracks involved in planning planning one event and that's when i realized that you know you can actually help people you know you can actually get out there and do something (laughs) i didn't i honestly didn't even realize before you know it's always like oh that person is doing that must be special they must they have something i don't but it's it's everyday people who are who are doing this stuff and it took a while for me to to me to realize that i hope the fact that i can organize anything um can prove to people that literally anyone can so somebody will have an, enough uh information to crucify yep. me my hero he got crucified and then three late three days later he's walking around yep. with the and people. the same and you know it a lot of times it's people of, of every faith that are that are criticizing and it's it just seems so hypocritical especially so many people who just hate religion and maybe they've had terrible experiences but there's also you know someone who whose life was falling apart and they found Jesus and now they're you know they feel good about themselves and they're happy it's it's never black and white fortunately we don't talk about that enough <laughs> what are you up to now because I want to make sure uh listeners can uh uh check you out i'm not uh obviously i'm not performing on stage much anymore but uh hopefully soon um this upcoming tuesday i'm gonna be featured on um this telethon that was filmed at the at the stone pony and it's to raise money for uh different families in the community um so i'm gonna be doing a set for that that'll be online on tuesday and um other than that, I'm writing, okay. writing my column weekly for Tri-City News, and um, I'm finally starting to... So you were telling me about your future, and I said, are those plans secret? Details are... are we're still working on the details, but it's going to be basically an outdoor huge end-of-summer party um, for people in the community because I think we all we all really need it and uh it's going to raise money for restaurant workers and artists who are affected by COVID people that's that's something to go to something to go to I honestly I really think people need it you know I really think I know I need it just you know to be with other people feel safe 
um, for the first time in a long time and just see each other, you know, and, and listen to music and, and comedy while we're at it. Sounds fun. Exactly. Let's have some fun together. Uh, I'm all about uh, fun. We, uh, you, you know what happened with the Brighton Bar. And, is, it, uh, is it official now? Yeah, it's official now. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's closed. That, that, that's heartbreaking. Oh, it is so, so heartbreaking. Open mic is, is nothing with just a host, you know? And when you put yourself out there more, there's going to be a lot more people finding, finding reasons to hate you. So <laughs> stay so, true to yourself, and that's all you need to do. I, mean, I want everybody to like. Well, I think all comedians kind of have that inside. Because why else would you go on stage and try to make strangers laugh? It's kind of insane, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> so you're telling me my insanity is absolute true genius. Exactly. Yeah. You have a great, you have a great name, too. It's a good name. Well, thank yeah. you. Nickname to my formal name. And I, I use my maiden name. You know, got to remain anonymous a tiny bit here and there. I wish I used a different name sometimes. Internet. That's, that, that's, that's, that's very confusing. It is. It's crazy out there. I got 40 apps on my phone. <laughs> Half of them, I don't even know what I got them for. You on TikTok, Atlee? Uh, you should be on TikTok. I think you do really, really well. They're only like 10 second videos and you just constantly scroll through them so you can see a lot of content. So a lot of people are getting noticed. It's pretty cool. I think you do great. And you know, 10 seconds is good because uh, I'm a motor mouth. Yeah, it's, it's, they're short little videos and it's great. Get my account, TikTok. Yeah. Uh, no, TikTok. Talk, yeah. not tick T-I-K-T-O-K. Is there anything that you feel is important that the listeners should know about you? Yes, I have been constipated all week. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I nothing to- My next guest started in comedy the same time uh, I did. And so we got to be uh, real good uh, buddies. So whenever he was, uh, I had an office job and uh, his name popped up in my email and next thing you know COVID hits both out of the job COVID's a bitch I want to do a, a bit about about you I want to mention you by name and I said okay we'll now share with you his experience on the casting couch please put your hands together for Kyle Colorado Hello. Kyle? Adley. We, we, we could do this for 20 minutes. It'd be funny as hell. Yeah, just what? Huh? The, <laughs> the call just never connecting quite right. That's the beautiful thing of, of recording. recording. You have the ability to punch in and record again. It is, it is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. And now I have to learn to do that with someone else. So... Um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out to be on my podcast. Let's set the scene for our personal relationship. Yes. We started in comedy the same time. Pretty much. You started started the first time you went to Brighton, right? Yes. Okay. I was there the first night. I didn't start that night. That is correct. Yes. I was, Um, I was, I was scoping out the scene. At that moment, I was doing my month, my one month of, of checking it out and understanding what goes on. And, but you were already jumping in at that point. And I asked you uh, if you were one of the comedians and you said not yet. 
I went to two open mics. I went to uh, what is now referred to, I believe, as the Seahorse, uh, what used to be Anchor's Bend in Asbury yes. Park. And then that was when Heather Lowry, the original host of the Brighton Bar open mic, was announcing that there was an open, open mic at the Brighton Bar, which in my previous life playing in bands, I had been at two countless times and just being someone who likes to go to concerts and shows. And I had been, I was like, Oh, I'm very comfortable at the Brighton bar. I know that place very well. So I was very excited just to get over there and to witness comedy being done on that stage. And then, so I watched for about a month. So I went to the first open mic. I didn't even realize it was the first open mic. Heather grabbed me by the arm. was like, Oh, you're here. Let me put your name in the bucket because we had a bucket system that first time right and i was yeah, like oh yeah. no 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 not yet i am here to watch right now i was just early because i'm punctual as hell and i can't help it um so that first monday which i believe was an eighth of january that's when i hopped up on that stage and did like nine minutes of total garbage but i was just thrilled to be up there i thought you were funny i think i i think i've had some strong ideas from the beginning it's just it's always been working the more technical side and the more just like getting it down to getting to say exactly what you want to say in less words than the rambling I had started with. Rambling works if all the rambling is little bits of funny. I, I don't mind rambling, especially if it's if it serves the joke. But the jokes I was telling rambling was not serving the joke correctly. You know, the first night I thought you were funny. But it's going to need work. Um, yes. No, but I, I I knew early on you were on to something, and we used to hang out. I I started meeting all the local comedians yeah. and comedians that were coming from far away. We we used to get uh, the comedians from yeah. New we York. got a couple. We got a couple. We even got you know we got some. Especially during COVID, there was a lot of people who would be bigger who probably wouldn't have come, but they needed stage time. So we got some people like. Uh, Ken Krantz, who would come out, and he and he works often at the Stress Factory as a as an opener or a, or a feature, and right. So you know we had we had you know it 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 was it was a really good mic. You can you can I I use that mic a lot just to try some things out for the first time because there's a level of comfort there. You know that that is now gone, and I have right. to figure out to find my new place where I can do that, where I can feel comfortable, just like. I'm going to throw things at the wall. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to really kick myself. It's a, and it's, uh, and it started exactly. on a Monday, which was always nice. That means you could just like, all right, the rest of the week we can take those ideas and whatever worked or it, the things that like might've worked. You could then just like, all right, let me, and it's not like Brighton was always the easiest room. You know, it's just, sometimes it was so brutal. Just like you can have someone who can lift the energy of the room, but then just sometimes you might not catch that wave. It's just not you specifically, but you as a comedian, I've had that happen. You know, sometimes I've been the start of the wave, which is always nice where you're like, okay, I didn't get them. You know, I didn't hit them when they were at the peak, but I was able to start the wave. And then you start to see the people behind you start to catch that wave and do really well. And you're like, all right, that means yes. I brought up the energy and I've done something and now this mic's going in a different direction than it currently was. You know, Carl was often like that would be like when he would go up, he would change the energy of the room because he's just such like a local hero in that. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Carl will put everyone up and that's and that's the beauty and the and the and just the wonderful aspect of Carl. Shit, I don't know nothing about roasting. What what, what, then what was your what was your plan of attack? What did you do? Uh, he asked me to say a few words about Dan. And Dan was the 
Roastmaster. My bit. There, there's a full copy of it. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. He has it on recording. <laughs> Carl, Carl recorded the whole thing and put it out. I didn't realize. I knew he was recording. I didn't realize he was recording everything, <laughs> painful as it was. And there were yeah. a few things. I, I felt pretty proud with mine. There was a couple of things that didn't hit that just didn't. But I would say overall, I was very proud of myself. You know, you, it, it's roast is like when you roast someone, it, you have to do the bare minimum, like not bare minimum, but you have to do it in the shortest amount of time. Roast jokes work when you're not rambling too much. You have to hit a point and then hit a punchline. And that yes. really that really solidified some things that I had been having trouble with that after that roast, I was like, I get it now. It's like you kind of have to state your thought in the simplest terms possible and then just go with the punchline that makes the most, you know. I mean, mine was just like, you know, uh, Dan has those jokes about believing all men and he has defended. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember which which it was one of the, it was. I'm trying to think of his name off the top of my head. There's so many. It was the guy that like killed his wife and kids and just was like, you know, which isn't surprising because he sound, you know, when he tells jokes, he sounds like an Italian guy coming home from dinner uh, with, with coming home to no uh, dinner on the table, you know. At this particular office. Yes, we had no idea. Funny, because usually I wouldn't tell people about being into comedy right away, but you just kind of blew that spot up for me. I was like, well, I'm going into this job with people know that I do stand-up comedy, you know? Like, advertise something that I'm just like, I don't believe in the product yet. I'm working on the product. I'm in the the research and development phase of my comedy career. Like, I don't want you to give you a sandwich when the the bread hasn't been, you know, baked yet. Like, when I'm ready, you'll get the notice. Trust me. Your family and friends, they want to support you and they want, want you to come out and you want them to be with you, but you don't want them to see you bomb because then you don't want them exactly. feeling bad. Yeah, because they you. don't know that's part of the process. Bombing exactly. horribly yes. for many nights in a row is part of it because you have to kind of get that, you know, that thin, that skin thickening part of the, of the, of the, of the gig is where you have to just go eat shit, come home and be like, all right, how do I do that? So it doesn't happen again. And then you make adjustments and it wasn't enough and you eat shit again. And you just keep doing that until it stops. <laughs> and then they say, Oh, you gotta be crazy. Yeah. To be in this business. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're yeah, not yeah. crazy, when you join, <laughs> you get crazy at one point because you have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> and delusion that I'm going to go up, on stage and talk to people and they're going to laugh and I'm, I'm going to connect with them. People can't do that. Pe- people have a hard time. How many times have I, how many times have you heard since you started? Oh, it's, I can never go on stage and talk to people. So you have to have, you immediately yes. have to, to start. You have to have the delusion that you're going to do well. You know, no one's going to, no one's jumping on that stage thinking this is going to go poorly. Like you kind of have to have that, like, lie in your head that like this is going to go very well and i'm going to be a phenom right off the bat and i it's just doors are going to open like you have to have that even if you lie even if you like intellectually go that's literally impossible then when you do your first one you're probably grading yourself on a big curve right you're like wow that did you know that went pretty well but it's like the second and third and fourth times when you realize oh i'm not doing nearly as well as i thought i was and this is a lot harder is this worth pursuing, you know? And then and then you have to make yes. the crazy call in your mind to go, yep, this is worth pursuing. I'm going to go 
just talk to a crowd who was not even booing. They're indifferent. They're not even looking at you. You never, you, I, you know, the biggest fear for a lot of people is people yelling boo. And I'm like, no, my biggest fear is people not paying attention. At least if I'm doing poorly, I'm making a spectacle of myself, you know? Have you ever been, you hear someone say, Jesus Christ. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever heard those, but I've you heard don't? people go, oof, you know, that kind of that same, that same general idea, but nonverbal, <laughs> more just grunts. Kid humor. You write about what you know. People. This guy was sitting, and when he says, oh, Jesus Christ. And I thought, oh, man, this was funny. My last line mm-hmm. of the joke, which is what I was going to do. But it just he just was couldn't funny. get there, and he had to make his displeasure known. I was paying attention to the crowd that night. In that second, and you, you know yes. that second is an eternity. And I said, Jesus Christ is right, sir. All I know is that night. Yeah. Nothing stopped. You, you just kind of have to keep moving. We'll I mean, there's jokes I haven't back. done in a while that I've been thinking about bringing okay. back. I just haven't done that yet. I've just, I've been in a, in a, you know, just not, I want, I want to say rough. It's just been trying. It's just with personal stuff. It's just been, it's been tough. And I fell out of my writing habit that I had during the pandemic. Oh, I had a beautiful writing habit and that's, and I need to get that back. Um, So I'm just trying to like reset and get myself back to where I was, where I was just writing every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes. Because if I had listened to my roast of Dan, <laughs> my interview would have gone. Well, I mean, better. like you said, you made mistakes, but now you're learning from it. But uh, so we're working together. Oh, what? Very yes, yes, early in this particular, on. In this particular job where you helped me get the job. Correct. Yes. My world falling apart. The actual world fell apart. COVID. I was working with Uber Eats at that point, And I'm like, I'm out mostly seeing people anyway, you know, for a brief second. I don't, you know, as long as we're outdoors and we're, you know, we're not stuck in the building, I, f- I felt fine. But I also understood that we, you know, there was a lot of information that wasn't, you know, confirmed. There was a lot of conflicting information. So when I felt comfortable going yes. back out, you were there. All businesses have their own agenda. I'll be perfectly honest, and I'm still working towards it. While I was there, I've been working towards getting my balloon business. I make balloon animals for kids, trying to make that my number one thing. I mean, literally the night before, uh, if you want to hear, if you want to hear some really hilarious timing, the night before I get laid off, I go to my friend's house, uh, a good friend of mine, and he he wants to get into business consulting as a so he's like using me kind of as a case study. As just like something to, and he's like, okay, we should do this, this, and this. Yeah. And we're like, all right, sounds good. I'm going to continue working at this job to, you know, and while I build this up, and then when it's time to leave, I'll leave. Like literally, that was a conversation I had. Like, all right, so we'll just continue on this path because nothing wrong could happen. And then, you know, when you're ready to leave, you can leave. And then the next day, I get laid off. Skill of making balloon animals for kids that does pretty well. Like this week, I have a lot going on in terms of that, and. You are a success story, Kyle. 100% new. I was like, oh, this is going to be something that's going to be memorable. All good things must come to an end. Hey, you out there. You want to know how that Kyle Colorado really got that general? <clears throat> okay. Because he's good. Not the way you think. So I worked at that office. And I knew he was coming. I knew I could put a good word or a bad You know that kid out of Colorado that was just up here 
excuse my hoarse voice, I've been screaming a little bit. But any case, you know how we told you how we got that office job? Because uh, I got him that job. But that part is true. He had been out of work. He needed the money. Hey, who might have judged? I said, how bad you want that job, God? And he said, I really want bad. And I said, all right. Here's what you got. He's all these. He's like, yo, tell me, tell me. You make me scream your name, Kyle Colorado, instead of that other name, job is yours. Brought him out to my car. Kyle Colorado! Fuck! <sighs> he got that promotion. But you know, this Colorado kid started slacking, not doing his best work. Then when I had to revert back to my old ways, he was on the unemployment. Mm, those were the days before COVID. That my birth name, Kyle Groom, is um, has mostly been taken. Actually, the whole thing has been taken, and then you add a word, then you add a letter to it. it, it there's a comedian named Kyle Grooms, but the, the similarities don't end there. This dude is born in New Jersey, and now currently where i currently live he is originally from the town over from where i currently live yeah he now lives in miami um actually a year or two wow. ago, maybe even coming up on three years at this point he actually ended up uh having a brain tumor and uh he they found it and they removed it and they set up a gofundme and there's a bunch of comedians who knew him out of the new york scene uh they were just like getting some money and i decided oh i should probably you know donate to this guy because if i want to be the best kyle groom in comedy and i hadn't thought about changing my name at that point i'm like i really should make sure that i win you know not on a technicality you know i should i should do my i should do my due diligence on making sure this person's okay so i throw in ten dollars and i tell this to a comedian friend of mine danny braff maybe a couple weeks later and he goes oh i saw your donation and i thought kyle grooms was donating to himself and I was like, nope, nope, Dan, that, that, that wasn't me. <laughs> I'd gone to open mics and people had saw my name. And, and usually it's more uh, African-American comedians who know, you know that. that uh, but, you know, they'd be like, "Ooh, Kyle Grooms is here. And I'd be like, "Ooh, I am so sorry. You're going to be very disappointed with with what happens when I come up. I was like, OK, we're going to have to do something about mm. this. So but I decided that I was. Her name is Grace Colorado. That's a great name. That's Groom, a beautiful like, no, name. it doesn't work, you know? It's just the GRGR, GR, you know, it's it doesn't work like a Peter Parker. It just it, Grace Colorado is like that sounds great. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Colorado is a name that I've never seen before. And so I will be very much sticking out and when I just throw it, you know, Kyle Colorado. So I think I threw that into my name. I'm technically a hyphenate. I haven't gone to the I like uh, you know court yet because of COVID, but I will be doing that at one point. Splits the room pretty much 50-50 because women think it's admirable and guys think I'm a girl. I'm uh, planning uh, a birthday roast for myself, and uh, I would love it. Oh, as a, I need a host. Wow. <laughs> what a, the MC. I mean, host? I have done birthday parties for balloons. I've never done a birthday roast, but I think I can handle it. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Where are you? Kyle Where are you? RG Colorado on Instagram, 
Uh, I have a TikTok, which don't, I don't do much with, but if you want, there's a couple things on there. Uh, I have a podcast that's currently on hiatus, just due to stuff, but I will be returning to that soon. It's called Review in Progress. I have seven episodes up. It is the discussion of just of creativity. So it's not just comedy, but there is some com- com- comedians I have on there, but I also have um, I also have like a self-published author. I also have a, pub- a, a published author who wrote a wonderful book. Uh, I have um, musicians. I have someone who actually, uh, you know, who I knew in a previous life, but is now has garnered some little fame on the old TikTok clock app that they have. And it, it's, it's very interesting. I, I want to do a lot more. I want to, it's just the discussion of like, people's relationship with creativity essentially thanks kyle you were wonderful well there you have it i'm four minutes late hey next week tune in to atley's view sunday 10 o'clock when i will have um conversation excuse me voice cracking vince brew and the lady with steel balls Max Shepard. Now, uh oh, calm down. I said to Max, our interview, I'm waiting for her approval. She is in Reno now. What happens in Reno stays in Reno. Don't worry, people, I'll get to scoop. I told Max that I needed her okay by Friday because I'm going to air it with or without her approval. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, people. No, my deadline is not my friend's deadline. I believe in our interview. I trust my friend. My friend trusts me. Fingers crossed the approval comes in time because if it don't, I will wait. The wait will be worthwhile. Have a great week. God bless. And I'll talk to you next time.